The Impossible Three, 1946, Maria Martins, Bronze. Martins once said, It is nearly impossible to make people understand each other, and it is widely thought that this sentiment heavily informed the piece on display before you. What do you think? Do you see that struggle made tangible in this sculpture? It features two distinct, abstract forms, both feminine in design, though the true abstraction and surreal elements of this piece begin with the heads of each figure. Instead of faces, both figures' heads are elongated into a thicket of spiked tendrils, which reach out toward the opposite figure. These resemble tentacles. Or maybe they are extended fangs, prying themselves free from a maw buried deep within where each figure's face should be. Or perhaps it represents a gentler sentiment. Perhaps each tendril is meant to represent a piece of information, an attempt at understanding that is offered by both figures. Perhaps these are meant to be the physical embodiment of lines of communication. In either case, be it a violent tete-a-tete or an attempt at connection fueled by yearning or desperation or something else entirely, the two figures never actually connect. Those spike-tipped tendrils never actually reach the other figure, which only underlines Martins's belief in the difficulty, nigh impossibility of true understanding. Annabelle Godfrey first became aware of this sculpture not long after its initial unveiling, and once she had seen pictures of it, she made it her mission to display it here. Though she never met Martins in person, the two women struck up a friendship via correspondence, which began with Annabelle's inquiry about bringing the Impossible Three to the estate. In the introductory letter that she sent to Martins, Annabelle wrote, More than anything, I am struck by the visceral feeling suggested behind the work. Such passion within the two figures, so much that the bounds of their forms cannot contain it. They are drawn together in ways that redefine them from what they once were. It brings to mind a particular relationship in my own life. One that began, oh, I can no longer remember when, years and years ago, so long now that I feel it has always been a part of me. Shaping me, pulling at me, redefining me. They are an enigma, a thing unknowable. But only just, it often feels like. Something just beyond, something almost in point of fact, when I think of this bond, I conjure images not unlike your brilliant sculpture about which I am inquiring. It is so precise, a visual representation of these feelings which I thought myself alone in experiencing, that I cannot help but wonder if you, too, have encountered something of the kind yourself. But what am I saying? That is a dreadfully personal thing to ask a stranger. Please forgive my forwardness. But know that, should our correspondence continue, you should come to expect such things from me. Don't say I didn't warn you. I eagerly await your response. I think the Impossible Three will fit into the collection just swimmingly. Sincerely yours, Annabelle H. Godfrey Attention, Godfrey guests. Attention! Please be advised that part of the second floor of the West Gallery has been overtaken by a new soundscape installation of unknown origin. It seems to feature the recorded voicemails and live calls from the Godfrey Estates customer service line, 
mashing voices together in an otherworldly cacophony. Given the distance from the third floor of the East Gallery, we do not currently believe this to be the work of the unauthorized band of performance artists, who still, unfortunately, remain at large, but we are investigating every possible explanation. Until further notice, the Godfrey Estate recommends that you avoid the affected area, as the decibel levels within the installation's boundaries are increasing to painful and perhaps dangerous levels. Our staff are still determining the exact borders of where the installation begins and ends. They are doing their best to rope off the area, but acknowledge that they may not have blocked all access points. You will know if you've slipped past the barrier if you run into what we've been told feels like, quote, a literal wall of sound. Should this occur, please leave the area immediately and inform the nearest Godfrey staff member of the gap in their defenses. And don't worry too much about the ringing in your ears. Those patrons and staff members who were first caught by the installation's spontaneous arrival have regained nearly all of their hearing. Please stay tuned for further updates. Tea Light Holders, 1921. Hugh Connolly, Painted Earthenware. Connolly crafted this pair of exquisitely detailed tea light holders in celebration of his and Annabel Godfrey's seventh anniversary. He took particular care to make their overall shape perfectly spherical, with the exception of the purposeful flattening of the base. The uniformity in the shape of these two items proved the most difficult part of the project for Connolly, whose experience lay mostly in painting rather than pottery but the intricate, lifelike detail of the paintings on the holders are just as impressive. As a paired set, one tea light holder intended for each of them, Connolly painted dense growths of his and Annabelle's favorite flowers, respectively sunflowers for her and jasmine for him. The paintings are perfect miniaturizations of their real-world living counterparts and are a testament to Connolly's deft hand and technical skill. The highly pigmented paint pops vibrantly against the rusty brown of the earthenware clay, and though the tea lights currently within the holders are unlit for this display, when their small flame flickers upon the wick, it often creates the illusion that the painted flowers are dancing in an unfelt breeze. Connolly intended for these items to be carried within the palm of a hand, and to that purpose they are lightweight yet sturdy. However, this intention was less from a practical need and more from poetic intent. For in the years prior to the creation of this work, Annabelle would sometimes mention strange visions and dreams to Connolly, thoughts sprung from shadowed corners of a mind often lost in contemplation. True to Annabelle's gregarious nature, she never spoke of such things with a sense of alarm, more curiosity than anything, as Connolly wrote in one of his journals. Still, she spoke of it often enough to prompt his creation of a means to carry a light with her, one both literal and metaphorical. This also coincided with her and Connolly's move to the grounds of what would become the museum and estate that you know today. For while their personal residence on the property was fully completed, it would be several more years before the entire facility was fully operational, which meant that many an area of the estate lacked sufficient, consistent lighting. Connolly often asked Annabelle to bring a light, any light, with her when she wandered the grounds to survey the progress of construction, which was quite frequently. She'd tease him for worrying too much, but would comply, usually taking a tea light held within a lovingly crafted holder. 
These items were added to the estate's permanent collection after Annabelle Godfrey's passing in 1976. Prior to that time, they resided in Annabelle's personal residence, one in either window beside her front door. Candles often lit until late into the night, when Annabelle usually retired for the evening. Twin lights to drive back shadows and guide the way home. Thank you for listening to the Godfrey Audio Guide. This episode was written, produced, and performed by Nicole Knudsen, with sound design and editing by James Ferrero. It was produced on unceded Tongva, Chumash, and Keech territory. Enjoying your trip to the estate? Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. And consider telling a friend about us. Or two. Or three. Or everyone you know. To keep up with The Godfrey, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Godfrey Guide, or visit our website, thegodfreyaudioguide.com. For Godfrey merchandise, visit our online store, thegodfreyaudioguide.threadless.com. And finally, if you're interested in becoming a sustaining member of the show, make sure to visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash thegodfreyaudioguide. In addition to our various membership tiers, you'll also find full episode transcripts available as public posts for any who wish to read them. Until next time, friends, see you back at the museum. You start with your own breathing. Match the rhythm of the breeze that carves the canopy, the birds and bugs chirping in set intervals. Feel the subtle pulse rising up from the ground beneath you. To wander is to dance with the forest. But the forest isn't just the partner. She's the music, the style. She's the rhythm. She's the set of ancient steps and movements that have been passed down from one dancer to another. She teaches you to dance the dance she invented to the music she's singing in a tonal system she thought up one night as it pleased her. You breathe, and you listen, and you wait for your place, your first step, the call to May 3rd, 2021. Listen to the show at callofthewander.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.